Hey guys, welcome to our fundamental study, and thank you for tuning in and listening this week. Um, we are we are walking through uh, our newest resource uh, within Full Count titled Fundamentals, which is really uh, a look at the fundamentals of our faith, fundamentals on what it means to follow Jesus, and really deep diving a lot of different questions that new believers of Jesus may have, or even people who have feel like they've been walking with the Lord for an extended period of time, but just don't really have a solid ground to stand on as to why they believe in the things they believe or, or the, the reasons for uh, certain things. And so uh, we're in our third of three sessions on uh, is the Bible true? We're pretty early in our fundamental study. If you've been listening uh, all along the way, you've kind of been able to follow, but uh, we started out with what the Bible is, what it truly is, uh, it, what makes up its content, how it was put together, uh, how to apply it and study it uh, in our lives. And so over the past couple weeks, we've been looking at not only what is the Bible, but is the Bible true? Uh, how does the Bible prove itself to be true? Why don't we naturally believe it? And uh, like I said, we're kind of wrapping up uh, how the Bible is true this week by uh, really trying to take part in this, to, to do a quick review uh, of Is the Bible True? In session one, we kind of looked at first why we don't believe in the Bible naturally. Why is it something that is really difficult to understand, can be confusing, can be um, pretty divisive on the things that it says? And ultimately, we came to the conclusion that sin the sin that we just inherit as human beings all the way back to the Garden of Eden, uh, it really promises a universal unresponsiveness to the gospel. We looked at 1 Corinthians 2. It talks about how spiritual truths are only discerned by the Spirit, and apart from the Spirit, the things of the Bible are truly foolish. And so ultimately, sin has created a barrier from us rightly seeing the Bible as it really is, as it truly is, which is truth. And the Holy Spirit uh, coming into our lives through a relationship with Jesus is that key that unlocks the lock to the truth of the Bible and seeing the Bible rightly. And so in session two last week, uh, we, we tried to identify some different avenues the Holy Spirit takes in this work. So obviously the Holy Spirit is kind of wiping our eyes clean, giving us a clear lens to see the Bible rightly. And there's a couple different ways that the Holy Spirit does that. Uh, a couple of probably many ways the Holy Spirit does that that we looked at. Uh, half of that coin, one side of that coin, is uh, the content of the Bible. The Holy Spirit tries to show us the truth. It does show us the truth of the Bible and its content through uh, that it's it's full of revelation. So these are things, the things of the Bible are things that, we otherwise would not know unless God made a way for them to know, and they were truths from God. Uh, back in the Old Testament through prophets and the New Testament through the apostles, uh, the truths about God, the character of God, who he is, we otherwise would not know apart from God's words. There are revelations in the Bible, and also the Bible is inspired, that God's ca- God caused and enacted the, the recording of Scripture. It is by uh, his sovereignty that uh, the Bible is full of these recordings and, and stories and teachings uh, that help us see our sin. They help us see who Jesus is and ultimately the character and love of God all throughout the integrity of Scripture. 
on the other side of that coin, so content on one of them, on the other side of the coin is how the Bible shows its its truth through its effects externally in our lives by uh, illuminating truth, illuminating some of the questions we have in this world, the evil and the good uh, that show itself in this world, that the, the Bible truly builds us up. It's our spiritual exercise for growing closer in relationship with Jesus uh, and increases and establishes our faith. We'll touch more on that today. Uh, but it increases and establishes our faith. It's it's the source of our message that our faith stands on. And so we've kind of been able to see that the truth of the Bible shows it, the Holy Spirit shows it through its its actual content itself and through the effects that the Bible gives us. And so, uh, like I said today, we're really going to learn about just a couple ways that we can take part in this work by the Holy Spirit. There, there are certain things we can do to ready ourselves to receive this work of God by revealing the truth of the Bible. And so if you have that question, okay, how can I prepare myself to really receive this work of God, to receive the truth of the Bible? I hope that uh, there are a couple stepping stones in here that get you on your way uh, to participating in the Holy Spirit, just truly revealing the truth of the Bible, removing that that barrier um, to seeing the Bible as true. And to to just kind of... uh, give a disclaimer this is this is a progressive process this is not uh an immediate overnight convincing and seeing the complete 100 percent integrity and truth of the bible never having questions about its content uh everything making sense this is a slow progressive walk where god will continue to sanctify us make him look, look more like himself transform our minds and our eyes and our hearts to truly see and savor and receive uh, the word of God as it is. So these are steps to kind of get you a longer way. There's three things specifically uh, that I want to, we'll look at together in our time that are really going to be the ways that we participate in this work. Uh, First, it's going to be hearing it. So truly hearing, seeing, uh, digesting the Bible to know what the content of the message is. What is this message that our faith rests on? Two, it's going to be seeing Jesus in it. So not just hearing it, but hearing it intently, looking intently into who Jesus is, his life, uh, our sin, our differences between us and Christ, uh, and to see the compassion that he truly has on us through God's word. And then thirdly, that's going to be living it out. So let's see it. Let's see it intently, but through Jesus, in Jesus' life, both in the Old and the New Testament. And then let's live it out. Let's put this Bible, this word to the test, this book to the test in our lives, just like we talked about in session two, where we can see the effects of its truth, that we can see that this book is different than any other book, uh, in that by us applying it to our lives, we have sustained, joyful, and, and just different new effects in our lives that we would otherwise not have. And so that's kind of what we'll be looking at today. And again, as a reminder, this is all of this is a work of the Holy Spirit. Us seeing the Bible rightly is truly a work of the Holy Spirit, but I pray that this helps uh, open your eyes to some ways you can participate in that. So uh, without further ado, number one, we're going to first, we want to be able to hear it and receive it. We want to hear it and receive it. Romans 10, this is a verse we talked about last week, actually. Uh, Romans 10, verse 17 says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and hearing comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. 
heard through the word about Christ. And so this is really just pointing to the fact that our our faith is in something, right? Like our faith is not just we have it or we don't have it and it doesn't have anything that it stands on, but our faith is in Christ. It is in the message, on the message of the coming Messiah. And so for us to truly know it, know what that message is, not only know the message of the promised Messiah, the Old Testament, know the message of that Jesus is here in the New Testament, um, but it's also the message that, man, we are sinners. And we, back to the beginning of time, we have time and time again disobeyed God despite God's love for us, despite God's promises to us, his pursuit of us. And we see this massive barrier between the sinfulness of humanity and God's design for a relationship with us and communion with us. And and guys, we we can't our faith doesn't have anything to stand on if we don't know this message. We we have to just know it intellectually, just know what it is, know what the storyline is, what the narrative has been all throughout uh the world and, and the, the race of humanity. Um, before we, before we move any, any, anywhere in our faith, we have to know it. And as we know it, we'll, the more that we know it, the more that we read it, we'll come to see it as true. We'll see this message as true. We'll see it play out not only in our lives, but also in the world. And not only is this message true, but it's good that the, the hope and the message of Jesus Christ is good and worth staking our, our lives on. But that only comes through beginning to intentionally hear it and receive it. And it's a, Again, it's a slow, steady process of consistently and intentionally getting in God's Word just just to learn it, just to learn what the message is. Uh, and the Holy Spirit will begin taking a hold of that knowledge that you're gaining and you're reading and then just in your study and awareness of God's Word and start planting seeds of truth and seeds that your faith can rest on uh, in, in, in the receiving of God's Word. Uh, through the Holy Spirit. And so I hope that you talk about some ways to just be intentional and in learning about God's word, learning about who God is, what his character is, uh, who the life of Jesus was. We'll talk about more that talk more about that here in just a second. But really share some ways that this happens and share as a leader, I would hope that you would share your experience of, man, this is not something that I fell in love with day one getting into God's word. It was something that I was intimidated by that I didn't truly understand all of the narratives. Uh, the I didn't totally understand the life of Jesus, but the more that I read it, the more that I, that I just started to understand my own sin and the love that God had for me and just saw that play out through scripture that the Holy spirit used that and, uh, planted seeds through that, that have begun taking root in, in your life today. So just, I encourage you, if you're a leader listening to this, share your story of consistently getting into God's Word and that it has been a journey. And and God has slowly used just delicate, consistent time uh, reading God's Word uh, to to grow you where you're at today. But there's there's tons of ways that that can happen in our society today. There's countless podcasts and videos and sermons uh, and just different tips to help you understand God's word better. That this is it is really um, impressive and and a blessing that we have so many resources to 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 just learn about God's word, learn how to read it better. Some of the things that we talked about a couple weeks ago, 
how to study the Bible, just different ways that we can learn more about God, more about us, the, the sin that we have in our life, the redemption that came through the life of Jesus, and the ho- ultimately the hope that we're offered uh, in relationship with him, the, the hope that God wants to give us in his son Jesus. Um, and, and another part I think that's important to hit on in this part is, is memorizing scripture. Memorizing scripture. There's, there is nothing you can do that is more intentional and in, in my own experience, long lasting than, than memorizing scripture, hiding scripture in your heart. And most of the time, at least in my own walk, it's not been that I've perfectly understood or been able to decipher, you know, those passages or, or paragraphs of scripture that I've been working on memorizing. But it's just I'm committing those verses to my memory, to my heart, to where I can think about them and meditate on them word for word to where after I've memorized them, after I've memorized just the the literal words of the text that God begins doing a work in me to where I understand it and I live it and I see it uh, in and in and around me. And that is that is that definition of participating and coming to see the Bible as true that man, I'm. I trust, I've read the message, I trust in the message of Jesus, I don't fully understand it, but God, I trust you and I have faith in you, and because of that, man, I'm just going to try to fill my mind with this, fill my mind with the words that you've given us uh, in the Bible, and and pray that they make an impression on my heart, like a, like a stamp on my heart, and as time goes on, God, I know that by memorizing those words, you're going to continue to reveal them over and over and over again in my own walk with you and in the world around me to where I see the, these verses taking shape, see these passages passages taking shape uh, and revealing themselves as true in my life. And so I just, I really encourage, may, may have a discussion in your groups about memorizing scripture. I think this is a great time to do it, a great way to participate in believing in the Bible, seeing the truth of the Bible, and that is committing to just reading it and knowing it and letting it make an impression on your heart and in your mind. So that's, that's step one. I think that's step one. Um, just really committing to, to getting in, in it and knowing the narrative, re- knowing the message of our sin and saving uh, through the work of Jesus. Two, it's, it's really going to be to intentionally try to see Jesus. So it's not just mindlessly trying to read the Bible and, check a box. It's a patient, meditated, free of distraction. I want to see this narrative of Jesus all throughout scripture. And like I said at the beginning, this is not just, oh, okay, well, that just means I need to read the New Testament. No, I read the whole context of the Bible. And like we said a couple weeks ago, this you have to be careful. And I would encourage you, if you, especially if you're a new believer, have someone in your life that is more mature, that can help you kind of decipher some of these things, especially in the Old Testament. But try to see the narr- the promised Messiah to come all throughout the Old Testament, back in Abraham and Genesis, and all throughout his descendants in the nation of Israel. Uh, that Israel is in need of saving, uh, but they have a good God who is continuing to pursue them despite their disobedience. And in the New Testament, the life of Jesus, the, the hope Jesus offers us, um, the lessons we can learn from his life and his teachings, like we need to intentionally be looking uh, for Jesus and the narrative of Jesus, ultimately the hope of Jesus uh, as we come to see the Bible is true and read it more consistently. I want to read Hebrews chapter 2. This is part of your study, uh, so it's going to be something you do on your own as well. 
But Hebrews 2, 10 through 18, it's a, it's a beautiful passage that just kind of highlights this. Uh, starting in verse 10, it says, In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for, wh- for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly, I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here I am and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Hebrews 2.18 would be a great memory verse if you guys kind of build on that discussion uh, in your groups about memorizing Scripture. Hebrews 2.18 is a great one. But the life of Jesus, the reason we should look to the life of Jesus is, man, he he was fully human. He was fully human and fully suffered and or was fully tempted just as we were, yet was without sin. And there's so many passages I can look at in Scripture where kind of as I was beginning to unpack, okay, what is this Bible? How is it helpful in my life that I started reading some of the life of Jesus, some of the things that he was talking about, and I could see, man, Jesus Jesus was tempted. Like, he wasn't just saying this because uh, he thought it sounded good or this is what he was supposed to say. He has lived it, too. Like, Jesus was tempted in, in every way just as we were, fully human, yet was without sin. And so Jesus is speaking from experience. Like, that is something that, coming to the Bible and approaching the Bible in that way, that helps solidify your faith. Like, not only do I know the message, I see this narrative all throughout the Bible, but I also see how I can identify with Jesus, that I see what he's talking about and see the struggles that he's talking about and how, man, if I just put my trust and my faith in him and the things that he's talking about, man, it changes the game. It absolutely changes the game. One of those passages, passages I think about um, is in Matthew 6. Uh, he talks about not worrying. Like that is something all of us struggle with doing is worrying. And that could be something as big as, man, I don't know where I'm sleeping tonight or where my next meal is coming from or something as small as uh, you could a, a million things you could put into worry. It's, it, it's almost like there's, not, there's endless things to worry about in today. And so this is a passage that I, I used to visit very often um, that just, it spoke such clarity uh, in Jesus' words and, and, and in his life. Uh, and I want to read just a little bit of it. Matthew six twenty five to 34 is the whole passage, but he says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life or what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And he goes on to say in verse 33, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, 
and all these things will be given to you as well. Verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Like these words are so precious. They are so precious. And as you start to see the narrative of the Bible and and dig into it for yourself and try to intentionally receive it, uh, and then as you intentionally look into the life of Jesus, like, man, I can see, I see the truth of the Bible through Jesus' words. Like, no, those those hit me different than any other thing I could read to try to not worry from someone telling me, oh, man, you're good, don't worry about it, like, it's going to be fine. No, Jesus' words of telling me not to worry are far different than any other word, anybody else's words that I could find. Uh, in worry. So I just encourage you as you start to intentionally see God's word and read it and just grow in your intellectual knowledge of just the message of the gospel, the story of the gospel. Uh, I pray that you would intentionally look at Jesus, like look at Jesus with great care, with great detail, with great intention so that you can begin to participate in the Holy Spirit showing you how Jesus is our greatest hope. Like you have to look at his life and, and what his life was like to truly see, uh, to allow the Holy Spirit to truly work in you to see how Jesus is our ultimate hope uh, in this life. So that's number two. Number three, live it out. Like live this out for true life. Uh, you're reading there is John 6, uh, 63 through 69, um, which is a great passage. And it's, it's where Jesus is kind of going through the midst of some difficult teaching. And because of it, a lot of disciples turn away. Like there's a lot of people that are following Jesus that turn away at this time because it's just difficult to hear. But Simon's response, Simon Peter's response is really crucial to our understanding and really gives us great insight as to uh, the truth of the the disciples and really where a lot of the disciples are at at this point. Uh, But Jesus turns back. After all these people turn away, Jesus looks back at his disciples and he asks the 12, "Uh, you do not want to leave too, do you? And Peter's response is, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the holy God. Like Peter has become convinced that Jesus has the words to eternal life. And and the rest of the 12, apart from Judas, they, they've become convinced that uh, Jesus holds the words to eternal life. And that wasn't just they knew what he was saying, you know, they intellectually could could see what he was doing. No, they they saw Jesus' words. They heard, um, excuse me. They heard Jesus' words. They they were they were, they knew the old Old Testament passages of the promised King. That they they followed Jesus around and saw how he lived them out. And even as they did that, as they put all those ingredients into the bucket, and they began applying them to their own life, they were convinced. By, by living it out, by applying Jesus' teachings and his way of life to their own, they began seeing the truth and the hope that is letting Jesus be the Lord of your life. Like there was nothing better uh, to them. Like Peter said, to whom else shall we go? There's nowhere for else for us to go. God, you, Jesus, you are the only one uh, worthy of our lives. We have, we have heard you. We've seen you. We followed you around. We've applied everything that you've been teaching us and showing us to our life to the greatest extent that we can, and we are convinced that you are the Holy One of God. We believe and know that your words are true, and they they change our life. 
And as you read the Gospels, the disciples aren't perfect at this, right? Like they, they stumbled a lot. Jesus would be frustrated with them a lot that they didn't see the full meaning of what he was wanting them to. But these, they began just taking small steps to embody these words uh, that Jesus spoke, and and it helped, it aided their belief. Like the 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 practicing of of what Jesus was teaching and following Jesus, intentionally following Jesus, changed the game for them. Um, and so these are just three really simple ways to begin uh, coming alongside the Holy Spirit in your life as a follower of Jesus. Uh, to believe in the Bible, to see the truth of the Bible. It is there. The truth of the Bible is there. It's if we see it or not. And this is ways that you can uh, come alongside the Holy Spirit as they do that in your life. But two great questions there um, at the end of page 41 that I really encourage you guys to spend some time on. Uh, has your life been a reflection of uh, of um, the people who walked away or what, P- or what Peter said uh, to Jesus in John chapter 6 there? Have you been someone that, man, I've kind of lingered around, um, I, I've, I've heard it, you know, I've, I've, I know a little bit about the Bible, but, man, I'm, I can't commit to living it. I haven't committed to this point to living it out. I haven't really tried to investigate the life of Jesus. I haven't really tried to understand and just read the Bible and, and try to see the truth in it. It's just kind of been something I've kept around. Are you at that point right now that... Man, these these first two sessions, these first two chapters in this book, what the Bible is and if the Bible is true, have been really difficult. That, man, I've never really considered the Bible in this way. I've just kept it at a distance. Or are you someone who, as Peter said, Lord, Lord, where else would I go? Like I have become convinced that you have the words to eternal life, and there is no one else I want to give my life to other than you. I've 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 heard your words, God. I, I've read them. I've seen you in them. I've seen your passion, compassion, your love for us, how you've been tempted in every way uh, as a human being, just as I am. And God, you have given me the words to eternal life. I've lived them out. I've applied them to my life. I've seen the hope of my life change, the joy of my life change, uh, the peace that you've given me. God, my life is totally different because of you. Are you in that boat? Or is that where you need to be? And you're somewhere in between. Uh, man, just identify with where you're at. Be honest with where you're at and start putting these things into practice that we're talking about, not by yourself, but alongside your groups uh, as you walk through this study. And and which of the, identify with which of these three steps you need to practice on the most. Is it, man, I've never really tried to apply the Bible. I've read it and I believe, I think it's good. I, I like hearing it. I think it's good words, but I've never really tried living it out in a disciplined fashion. Like, man, what is what is one of those that you can put into practice? Is it which which of these can you really can you really start doing? Maybe it's you just really have never tried to take a real look at the life of Jesus. Man, I don't know what Jesus teaches. I don't know what he said. I don't know how he lived. Uh, I know he died on the cross, but that's about it. I don't know everything else in between. Man, how can Talk with your leader. Talk with your group. How can I just begin learning about Jesus? How can I see the things that he taught uh, in the way that he lived? What are some ways I can do that? Or I've just I've never cracked this thing open. Where do I start? Where do I begin? What are some things that I can start reading and just understand what this story is? How we got separated from God? How God pursues us? Um, why Jesus had to die on the cross? Just talk to your groups, talk to your leaders. How can we start doing this together? But uh, I pray this encouragement to you. I pray that this these two first two chapters have been 
uh, really beneficial. Uh, they're all about the Bible. We got we have to start at the Bible with what it is and if it's true. But uh, praying for you guys and your groups. Uh, thank you for listening, and talk to you next time.